Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, welcome to the Coco Express Show Network for Wednesday, March 4th, 2015. And you know it's the first Wednesday of the month, so you know what time it is, right? It's about me. It's about you. It's about us. It's about relationship writing with Dr. Linda Owens-Wiley and Hank Joyce. Peace and blessings, family. This is Dr. Linda Wiley. Welcome to Relationship Remedies. You know that this is the place to discuss hot topics related to the health of your relationship. So for the next hour, bring us your questions, your concerns, your comments, and most of all, bring an open mind. Now, if you're a fan of the show, you know that normally I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Mr. Hank Stewart. However, Hank had a gig tonight. You know you know, Hank is a spoken word artist. In fact, he's a phenomenal spoken word artist. If you have not already done so, you should check him out at hankstewart.net. But he had a show tonight, so he won't be joining us. And I know you'll miss some of that extra flavor that he brings, but I'm not going to leave you dry. Um, tonight we've got a special treat. The woman who opens up the show, the woman behind the Coco Express, is our producer, Aurelia Lyles, and so Aurelia has a lot to say on relationships, and I trust me, she's funny as hell. This, this woman is hilarious. So Aurelia is going to sit in for Hank tonight, and she and I are going to have some dialogue around the uh, clean-up woman and the rebound man. So it will be an interesting show. If you want to get in on the conversation, give us a call at 347-637-2319. Again, the number to call is 347-637-2319. Two three one nine. So, Miss Aurelia, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well. You up? You up for this task? You know, you're the one that holds it down. People don't get to hear your perspective, but without you, there would be nothing to hear. Aurelia is the one working the boards. She's the one taking your calls. She keeps us on track with respect to time. She plays the music. So tonight, she's going to do all of that and join in on the conversation. But I thought it might be good since. People don't get an opportunity to really hear much about the Cocoa Express. If they're tuning in now, of course, they know relationship remedies. But why don't you just share with folks a little bit about how the two are related? I was explaining to someone earlier tonight, this was my simple explanation. I said the Cocoa Express is sort of like a subdivision, and each one of us has our own house in the subdivision. So relationship remedies is my house. This is where Hank and I live. We do our thing but we're part of the subdivision called the Cocoa Express. So tell us a little bit about the Cocoa Express and your vision, how the whole thing got started. Well, the Cocoa Express was born out of my ability to stay out of people's way. Uh, what happened was my daughter went away to college, and everybody's like, uh-oh, she got a whole bunch of free time. I hope she's not going to bother me. 
and I I was I was good about it. And I said, you know, let me find something that's going to keep me occupied. And I was doing a lot of commuting back and forth at the time. And I was meeting all these amazing people on the train. And my ritual for that train ride was to get myself a cup of hot cocoa and sit down and wait and see who's going to sit next to me so I could talk to them. Hmm. And I said, you know what? This is a great opportunity for me to expose the world to some of these amazing people that I've come across. And the different topics that we discussed encompassed everything about the show. We talked about relationships. We talked about um, motivational situations, religious concepts. We talked about um, housing. We We talked about us being like really important people, even though we're sitting on the train. So I said, you know what, I can take all of this and I can put it together, but I got to get different perspectives. So I need different people to bring these perspectives in to be able to deliver a message that people can learn from. And that's the whole, the whole premise of this show is to give you things that will help you be able to just live your life in a different manner, in a different way, so that you would have the opportunity to be able to be better, do more, and live better. That's all it's about, having the best okay. life possible. Wow. And so besides Relationship Remedy, how many other houses are in this Cocoa Express subdivision? How many other shows are part of Cocoa Express? Let's see. We got a high rise. Um, we have, <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, let's see, Paradigm Shifters with the amazing Steve Duncanson and yeah. Marilyn Ocasio. Hi, Steve. I see you. Uh, we have... <laughs> We have um, you, the best invention ever, Valencia Lau Saunders. She just talks about just the amazing aspect that you hold within you and just bring it on out and do it. She brings on some amazing people who have done that themselves, and they show you and tell you how. We have Real Estate Straight Talk with Sharon Homer and Joe Bellardo, and they talk about real estate stuff going on in the area um, and in the nation. We also have me doing some various interviews every now and again. Uh, We had Wealth Zone Radio, which was telling individuals on how to create generational wealth so that tomorrow they'll have the money that they made today. Mm. So all these things were just kind of like, you know, they're all there. I also do um, interviews as well. I get some I get a few celebrities, I get some singers, some actors, uh, some dancers, and I get the opportunity to really let them tell their story their way so that you can really see the other side, who they really are, and what made them aspire to be what they've come to become. Wow, fascinating. Thank you so much. I, I just thought it was important that people have an understanding that relationship remedies is part of something that is bigger and and greater. And so all the different perspectives that you bring together and the different ways that you're helping people become better and enrich their lives, I think it's wonderful. So for those who tuned in tonight to hear a little bit about rebound relationships, we're going to get going with that right now. Thank you so much. I thought I'd start out a little bit by telling you what's our version of a rebound relationship. What is it that we're really talking about tonight? So three ways to conceptualize it. A rebound relationship is a relationship that proceeding a long-term relationship that was, it's usually short in duration and it's used to help mend the broken heart. So when you get into a short relationship after one that was longer and it's kind of there to help mend the broken heart, that's one way to look at a rebound relationship. Another way to look at it is it's a relationship in which a person becomes involved with a new partner to prove to themselves that they're worthy of love and affection. 
And then a third way is it's a relationship in which a person quickly gets involved with a new partner to prove to an ex that they have indeed moved on. Those, those are some of the more formal ways to define it. Basically, in just street terms, when you break up with somebody, the next person that you hook up with is usually a rebound relationship. So <laughs> there are a number of different reasons why people get into rebound relationships, and we'll cover that and a whole lot more. But another way that people often talk about it is they refer to the person who's next as the cleanup person. So let's listen to a little bit about the cleanup man. Oh, 
You're going to suck it to her. It's so funny. You know, the the lyrics to that song are almost laughable, but at the same time, there's a lot of truth to it. And so I just got a message, you know, we're on social media as well, and so I got a message from someone on social media saying that they they hate the Clean Up Man song. And (laughs) I really think that a lot of the reason why, well, well, there could be a couple of reasons. It, It comes from a man, and so he might be saying this because it's so much truth that he hates hearing that truth. Or it could be, you know, just a matter of, wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. So whatever the case is, maybe since he's listening, maybe he'll uh, call in and make a comment. But I think the words to that have a lot to do with um, what we're talking about tonight. Because when you think about it, you ask yourself the question, okay, so why does someone on the rebound want to get into a relationship right away? And the cleanup man talked about all of that. So one thing that people look for often is, They want to be rescued. You know, I'm going through distress. I'm feeling all these emotions, and I just, I'm looking for that knight on the white horse to come riding in and rescue me and take me away. And I know, speaking for myself personally, there have been times when I've uh, been either uh, in a bad relationship or coming out of a relationship and really was wondering, where is that night? You know, I need somebody to come in here and rescue me. So he kind of talked about some of that in the song. Uh, he also talked about things like companionship. He didn't say that word, but companionship or wanting to get out, somebody to come take you to dinner, take you to a movie, spend some time with you, make you feel good about yourself. That's really what a clean-up man does. I mean, he comes riding in, and he gives a woman back that, that sense of um, – maybe sexy or feeling desirable or attractive, those kinds of things. So, I mean, what do you think? You you heard him saying about the clean-up man. What do you think about the clean-up man? I think he coming on a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, gonna, nowadays it won't be a white horse, right? No, it's going to be a Well, I think what he was saying, it holds some truth because there was a point in the song where he said, you can go outside if you want to, but you should be home, you know, taking care of the woman at home. And that's the truth because a lot of times, a lot of brothers be outside all the time and they have a good woman at home who's holding it down and they're just taking that for granted. And you take, you you know, you step away from something too long, you know what happens. Yeah. I see that's a whole other side of the cleanup man because the cleanup man can be one of two things. And the brother's saying about both of them in the song. So one you just mentioned. And that's like when you're, you know, leaving that good woman at home and you're going out looking for something else. You don't want a long-term relationship, so you're looking for someone who's just feeling pretty needy right now because you know that you can just slide in, show her a good time. She's not going to have too many demands on you, and then you can slide back home. But the other side, which is the side that I think really applies to even more to the conversation that we're having tonight, is the man who's there when that woman needs to be rescued, when you feel like you are just down and out. Because, okay, let's think about it. When you get out of a relationship, especially if it was a long-term relationship, um, something where you really loved the other person, there's some confusion, particularly if you're the one that was, was dumped, because you're wondering what went wrong. You start thinking about, was I not enough? Did I not do things right? Um, how, how did I fall short? So sometimes you're confused about why the relationship ended. There's often loneliness because you used to be in a space where 
there were two of you, now there's just one. And so sometimes when you want to go out to dinner, you don't feel like going alone. Or you want to go to a movie, you don't feel like going alone. So there's the loneliness. And then a lot of times the loneliness leads to depression. When there's no one around, no one to share your day with or talk to. And I mean, I, I say no one. I know you can have family and friends, but when that special someone is gone, the loneliness often leads to depression, and it can sometimes lower someone's self-esteem. So when someone is feeling all of those things, they're really needy and they're in a vulnerable state, and that's when the cleanup man can come in and give you some conversation, take you to a movie, take you out to eat, tell you you're attractive, say the things that you need to hear in order to build up your self-esteem. And a lot of times the reason why people look for that rebound relationship is for that reason. They want to be distracted from the pain. I don't want to feel what I'm feeling. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to reminisce. Um, I just want somebody to come and make me feel good. And sometimes it's a physical feel good. Sometimes it's just about missing sex and wanting somebody to come in and take care of that need too. So it really can be all over the board. And the cleanup man specializes in whatever you need, I'm here to provide. Sock it for you, sock I know you had a good time looking for the music for tonight's show. I know you did. <laughs> I yes, know you I did. did. <laughs> So, yeah, but that, I mean, that's interesting. Just just listen to that whole perspective on the cleanup man and what he's there for. So, and, and, you know, those feelings that I just talked about, a lot of that is real. And so one of the questions that comes to mind for a show like tonight is, is it dangerous to date uh, somebody that's on the rebound? You know, are, are rebound relationships dangerous? Because people are feeling all of those things. And many times when you're going through all of that and you're trying to work through the pain and the confusion, the person that you are at that point in time is not the real you. And so the things that you need, once you get strong again, that rebound guy or that rebound girl is not going to be what you need once you get strong. I remember... Okay, I'm going to tell a little bit about mine, so get ready because I'm going to make you tell a little bit about yours. But I remember being in a rebound relationship one time where I was the one that was the needy, vulnerable one. I was the one that had just come out of a relationship, and the person that I was dating on the rebound was really good. We got along really well. Um, In fact, we dated maybe like three years or so. But there were a number of different factors that got in the way. And after the relationship, you know, we didn't speak for a while, but then we became friends again. And when we would talk about it, we recognized that that's what a lot of it was. What I needed when I first met him changed over time. So even though he was right on point when I first met him, after I got strong again, I needed something totally different in my life because the pain had gone away, the confusion went away, self-esteem was back to where it used to be. You know, I'm not lonely anymore, so I'm back to being independent and running with my girls and doing the things I used to do. And so now he was left kind of feeling like, okay, whoa, who is this person that you've become because this is not the woman that I initially met. So I know from personal experience that usually when you connect with someone, that first person after a breakup usually is not the person that you're going to end up with for a long period of time. So what's been your experience with uh, rebound relationships? 
Um, oh, don't get quiet on me now. Come on now. <laughs> okay, yes, I did. I felt like I stepped in crap when I did do that, when I stepped into wow. a, a rebound relationship because um, the individual uh, had just come come out of a divorce, and the second divorce. And um, I didn't know what was going on, to be totally honest with you. Me, I'm like, the, you know, the little deer in the headlights kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing all, it's like I'm seeing 16 different personalities pop up, and I'm still trying to figure out what's this, what's going on. And it's because they're going through all this emotional stuff, you know. Yeah. And and I'm just being the normal me, who I am. I'm, I don't have any issues. I'm not coming out of a situation. I'm just dealing the way that I always deal. And to be involved with someone who's going through all this turmoil and everything could be very, very confusing. And I was very confused. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, that's that's the story that a lot of people tell. Here's something that somebody wrote in. It's from a woman. She says, I fell in love, and she put love in quotes. I fell in love shortly after my divorce was final. I met a man who gave me everything I was needing. He helped me feel attractive again. He helped me feel more secure as a single woman. He encouraged me to follow my career dreams. So, again, there's all this stuff. Cleanup man came in, did what he was supposed to do. He was my helpmate and my friend, but the healthier I became, the more aware I became that he was not someone I loved, again in quotes, in a romantic way. He was my rebound relationship, and all the illusions and fantasies of falling in love were there in the beginning. In the end, I got what I needed from the relationship, and he got hurt. And that's kind of sad, but I think most often the person who... Um, played the cleanup role, does end up getting hurt because, like you said, and I'm not saying that you got hurt, but like you said, you were just doing you. So you were being yourself, you had certain expectations, and when that other person decided to flip, then it's like, whoa, now what am I supposed to do? So I think many times when you go into a rebound relationship, the person who's needy is going to get what they need. They're going to get that healing, but the person who they're seeing is going to end up getting hurt because they were really invested in that relationship and the relationship comes to an end because all of a sudden this new person, or as in your case, all these 16 new people show up to the party and there's not room for everybody. Interesting stuff. I was talking to a friend the other day, and this is what made me start thinking about this as a topic for tonight because I don't recall how we got on the subject, but I was talking to a friend and one of the things that, uh, was mentioned was not wanting to be that rebound person for anyone. And it was like, well, that would make a really good show. I'm going to do that next month because um, I think a lot of people get caught up in that situation. And most of the time, if you get involved with someone who's on the rebound, you don't recognize it, and quite often they don't recognize it either. So I'm going to give you some signs, some things to look out for. How do you know if someone's on the rebound? So here's one, and these aren't in any particular order. But one is if the person is always talking about their ex, that's a good sign that they're on the rebound. Now, they could be talking about it from a number of different perspectives. They could be talking about the person because they're really angry and you can hear all of the anger and bitterness and emotion in what they're saying. Or they may talk about it like from a perspective of a loss and they sound really depressed and forlorn and kind of withdrawn. Or they might be talking about the person 
in terms of how wonderful they were. And so, you know, you're trying to do things, and they may come at you like, well, you know, Tanya did it this way, you know, or Sharon used to like hers like that or just different things. And so if they're spending a lot of time talking about the ex, that's a good sign that they're probably still on the rebound. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I do, because you're absolutely right. If you can't, if you haven't let go of the person from your past, you can't even go into the next situation. And you're just sitting there really being the therapist in the relationship because you have to listen to the stories and you have yeah. to listen to the the good part, the bad part. Oh, and then you have to go through the fact where they start telling you that you remind me of that particular person by something you did. Now that's that's you know that's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one. But you're right about the you know the whole thing about putting that person on a pedestal, and that's just so hard. So the other person always feels like they're trying to live up to somebody else's reputation, and nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to feel like get to know me for me, be in a relationship with me, and don't try to mold me and shape me into who you had or who you want me to be. So that's a good one. That That's one of the things. Another one is, you know, you can tell somebody's on the rebound if um, they keep telling, if they have wounds, you know, they keep telling you the heart-wrenching story about the situation. If you have to keep hearing about what happened and what they did to you over and over and over again, it's like, oh, my gosh, are you for real? So oftentimes, you know, it's, there's a difference between having a scar and a scab. You know, if you have a scar, that means that it's not fully healed yet. It's in the process of healing. If oh No, if you have a scar, it has healed. If you have a scab, it's still in the process of healing because that, that hard scab, that hard shell still has to dry up and fall off. And that's what happens a lot of times with these rebound relationships. You can tell somebody's on the rebound. If they still have a scab over that relationship, there's still that shell that has to dry up and fall off, and they haven't gotten to the point yet if there's a scar to remind them, but it's not something that is constantly on their mind. So if they're the person that was dumped and they still have the wounds, that's another sign that they're probably on the rebound. Another one is when they're very sour on romance. So if it's somebody that has a bad, bitter attitude, every time you talk about romantic relationships, is probably because they still haven't resolved their feelings about the last breakup, which means that it really still isn't over. You know, remember, um, oh, who did the, Martin did the movie uh, Thin Line Between Love and Hate? I mean, there really is a thin line between love and hate. It's mm. all about emotion. And so when somebody is just so hateful towards another person, they're not over it. When you're really over someone, you don't hate them, you don't wish them uh, any bad things that will happen to them, none of that. When when you're over someone, you become indifferent. I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. I don't care who you're with. You become totally indifferent. And if you're not indifferent towards that person, then that's a good sign that you're still uh, not over them and your relationship is going to be a rebound relationship because hate says I still have a lot of emotion when it comes to you. And the same way that love can flip to hate, hate can flip back to love under the right circumstances. Oh, really? Yeah. You Uh you have to think about the fact that, I mean, it doesn't always happen, but that's why sometimes exes get back together. When you break up with somebody, you're usually through, you're done, whatever, but time passes, 
you might see them in the right light. Um, you know, they might have on the right outfit. They might whisper the right things in your ear. The right song might be playing, whatever, and it triggers, and that is like a switch that flips back because all that emotion is still there. So I know when I talk to, to couples sometimes, like if I'm doing coaching with them or things along those lines, there have been a few that have come to see me because they got divorced. I mean, I'm not even just talking about breaking up. They got divorced and then decided they wanted to get back together again and wanted to do it the right way. So they wanted to go through some sort of coaching to make sure that they were, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So, yeah, like, that's why exes sometimes get back together because that, that hate slips right back over to love again. But now, my, my question last. Yeah, but my question to you is what if the um what if this man is now being a rebound man to somebody else while he's getting back with his previous situation? Cuz you know men do some interesting things. <laughs> oh, see, now they're going to be calling and talking about y'all bashing men. So yeah, this <laughs> no, is <an> interesting things. <laughs> Women do interesting things too. <laughs> But, but okay, that does happen. I mean, sometimes he's not sure, and I'm not saying that this is right, but sometimes, and women do this too, sometimes he's not sure if the relationship is going to work second time around. So I got one foot back in the relationship, but I'm still holding on to this other piece over here just in case I can make something go here and they'll go back and forth like that. That's, I mean, definitely it's not good. It's not healthy. And usually neither person knows about the other one. So everybody's in this deceptive web, and that really is like just a bad situation waiting to just blow up and, and backfire all over him. But, yeah, people do that. They they will um, they will make sure that I'll be the cleanup to this one over here while I'm waiting for something else to materialize. And what ends up happening is it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy because – you don't reconnect with your ex and you want to say, oh, see, I knew that wasn't going to work. Well, it didn't work because you weren't giving them your full attention. You were still trying to go back and forth between two or three, and when you do that, you're not really being yourself. You're being deceptive. You're trying to keep up with the lies, and nobody's getting the best of you. So, Now, that one that one almost sounds a little personal. I'm not going to ask you where that one came from, but that question almost sounds a little personal. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to go to the next sign. Here's another sign. (laughs) Another sign that somebody could be on the rebound is when they're just moving way too fast. You know how sometimes you meet somebody and all all of a sudden it's like you just met me yesterday and today you're already falling in love uh, on something ain't right with this. You know, when somebody is just moving too quickly to share their feelings and they're all committed and, you know, they just want to sweep you off there, off your feet, all that kind of stuff. It, no, something is not right. That person is working too hard to prove something um, either to themselves about how good they are or to their ex about, I don't need you. See, I've moved on. I'm still worthy. There's somebody else here who wants me even though you didn't want me. So somebody starts moving too fast down the highway, Mm-mm. get out the way. There, there's a problem there. It's probably somebody that's on the rebound. So aren't there whirlwind relationships? What about the whirlwind relate? You know those relationships that do last that happen like overnight. You know, people talk about those. I don't. I don't personally know of any that have really lasted. 
Um, I have known of people who connected very quickly. And sometimes, I mean, I'm sure they're out there. There are some people that get together. There are some people I've heard them talk about the first time I saw that person, I knew I was going to marry them, and those kinds of things happen. And so I think that's rare. And I think that when we watch movies and TV and listen to certain songs, it overemphasizes that. And so people tend to believe that that happens more than it does. That's very rare. And we never know what goes on behind closed doors. So if you've ever been married or even if you haven't been married, if you've been in a serious relationship, relationships take work. And so when you don't really know someone and you just connect very quickly before you get to know them, then there's even more work because now I'm connected to you and I'm trying to get to know you all at the same time. So if I want to make this last, I really have to work hard at getting to know you, compromising, uh, maybe making some sacrifices for the good of the relationship. It just takes a lot more work, a lot more work. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get in on this conversation, give us a call. We're at 347-637-2319, and I promise Amelia can answer the phone and have this conversation with me at the same time. So go ahead and call, and she'll answer the phone. I know so many times I've talked to people who tell me that they were listening, and so I'm always saying, well, how come you didn't say anything or ask a question or, no, I didn't want to say anything, but I was listening. So I get messages about how the show went or what they learned, but lots of times there are people either listening by phone or listening via the Internet, and they just don't uh, speak up with a comment or a question. Or sometimes, like I said, folks will send me a text or an email or something, and that's how I, I can read some of the comments. But here's another sign. How about this one? What about the person who is very touchy? You know, they've got the, that short fuse, and it seems like no matter what you say to them, it just causes their mood to change. And sometimes it'll cause them to just want to get up and leave. Sometimes it causes them to go in another room or get off the phone or whatever the case might be. But I know I um, have encountered people, just even sometimes just friendships, I mean, not even relationships, people who are just very touchy and they've got that short fuse, it lets you know that there's some pain somewhere in that person's life and they're just not dealing with it real well. So if you run into somebody like that and you're looking at them towards relationships, you might want to slow down just I a little bit. I thought that was I thought that was bipolar disorder. <laughs> <laughs> now there can be some bipolar with some of that, but no no no. This is not a clinical show tonight. We're not talking about those <laughs> psychological diagnoses. <laughs> but, I'm but, not you know, a... <laughs> but, I'm but a lot of times, yeah, people who pull back like that, yeah, there's an issue. There's something buried deep down inside, and when you get a little too close to it, it just sets it off. Mm. One that's related to that, too, is um, people who pull away when they're not emotionally available. And that happens a lot. Now, this is going off slightly on a little tangent, but sometimes I wonder about people um, who get on in years, like, you know, maybe in their 40s and 50s, and they're not opposed to marriage because, I mean, you know, not everybody is designed for marriage, and I mean that's even scriptural. Not everybody's going to be married, but people who say that they don't have anything against marriage, but yet they're in their forties and fifties and they've never been married. Sometimes that doesn't apply to everybody, but sometimes <laughs> it makes me sometimes it makes me wonder if that's a person that is emotionally unavailable. If you're the kind of person who you like the idea 
of being in relationship. You like the idea of being married and having that special someone. But when people start to get a little too close, you get a little uncomfortable and you pull up. Now, I know every woman out there has come across a man like that. And there are women that are like that too. Not saying mm. that there aren't, but I speak from mostly from my experience. And so speaking from a woman's perspective, lots of times there are men out there that you start getting too close and he starts pulling away. And so even though he's telling you the right things, his behavior is saying something else. But isn't that a commitment-phobic person? Sometimes. And that, and they come from the same place. So somebody that has a phobia about commitment is somebody that is emotionally unavailable. Not everybody that's emotionally unavailable has a phobia about commitment. They might you know, have some issues around commitment, but it might not be that deep to be called a phobia. But the two go hand in hand when people are just not emotionally available. And that's a hard one for a lot Mm -hmm. of people to determine um, because, like I said, they'll do all the right things. They can be very caring and loving. They'll take good care of you, treat you well. They'll speak to you uh, about what's going on in your life. They can do all of that. But when it comes time to just pull the trigger and turn that into something permanent, that's when they start pulling away. Now, what do you do? I mean, if you're in a situation like that and the person is treating you very well, because there are a lot of women who are in relationships waiting for that person to take that final step. Mm-hmm. And they're waiting like decades. And that's just insanity to me. I mean, it really is, because it does not take that long for any grown man or grown woman to figure out what they want and whether or not someone is the right person for them. And I know a lot of times people will get caught up in stuff like that and just feel like, well, he's not ready yet, and maybe if I just hang him a little longer, or maybe if I keep showing him how much I love him and what I'll do for him, and if I help with his kids, and if I help... You know, and the list just goes on and on and on, and it really is a waste of time. Someone who is emotionally unavailable or who has a fear of commitment, you're not going to love that out of them. Those are issues that they need to come to grips with. And sometimes where it comes from is just the stuff we're talking about, rebound relationships. Sometimes they were hurt in a past relationship, may not have been a marriage, just some other relationship, but because of that, it has soured them to that level of commitment again. It's like if I don't commit to that level, I can't be hurt at that level again. And if they got into rebound relationships and never really did the work, if they never worked on themselves to resolve the issues and get over the pain and the bitterness, then it just festers and it gets to a point where they're just not available emotionally. And so people will hook up with someone and think that they can change that in a person, but you can't. Can you be a serial rebounder? (laughs) I told y'all she was funny. (laughs) Yes, yes, Aurelia, you can be be a serial rebounder. (laughs) Because if you never do the work, that's what happens. You get into a relationship, you never do the work, you just use that person as a distraction to help make you feel good, and either you decide this isn't working for me, 
um, or the other person decides this isn't working for me. And when the relationship ends, you find somebody else to gravitate towards. And when that's over, somebody else. And that is not always the reason why, but sometimes when someone is very needy, that's an indication that there could be a serial rebounder. <laughs> that's a new term. I'm used that. There could be a serial rebounder because they're not taking the time to do the work and resolve their own personal issues, so they're constantly looking for somebody else to come along and make it better. And that's just not realistic, and it's not fair to the people that they keep meeting because nobody is responsible for your happiness but you. Okay. Now, what do you, you, what do you think about serial rebounders? What do I think about serial rebounders? I met a yeah. few. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I think... Yeah, I just think it's just crazy. I mean, why don't you just be a clean-up person where you clean up your own act before you, you know, get out there and do it again? I was always told that whenever you get out of a situation, that you should take some time to be with yourself. You know, I mean, some people, if it's a long-term situation, like a long-term marriage or a long-term relationship that you were involved for a number of years, you take a year off for yourself. If yeah. it was a relationship that was it was long term but it wasn't a number of years, you take a couple of months off just to cleanse your 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 mind and your body. Like uh, the um, Mary J. Blige's song, Seven Whole Years to." Um, yes, that song. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something we need to do. That would eliminate a lot of this cleanup activity. You know. It really would, and people don't take time to do it. And sometimes people get fooled because they'll shut down in a relationship. Like let's say somebody is married, and for the last two years the marriage hasn't been going well. And so because they emotionally shut down, when they get out of a relationship, they might get into another one pretty quickly, and they think, oh, I'm okay. I'm not going to be, you know, on the rebound because I haven't been attached to that person emotionally for the last two years. But there still was something. You know, if if you were still married to that person and, and there was no divorce, you still had some sort of emotional tie. So you may not be as bad of a rebounder as someone else, and you may not have as long of a rebound period as someone else, but there still needs to be some cleansing because there's something psychological about the freedom. And even though you might live your life the way you choose with no encumbrances and not having to check in with that person, still deep down inside you know that you're attached and there's something, um, like I said, psychological about about the freedom and the freeing aspect of it. And especially like for a woman because your name changes if you choose to do that and so many other things. So now when you throw all of that off, You've got to figure out who you are again. And the longer you were married, and if there were kids involved and those kinds of things, it's almost like redefining yourself because for so long you were somebody's wife, you know, you're still somebody's mother, but those kinds of things. And so even on the flip side, men quite often, because they're not as emotional typically as women, and because they don't talk about feeling typically as much as women, men will often mask it and feel like, um, you know, I'm not on the rebound, what? You know, I, I'm done with that, you know. And, and so they just move on like there's no emotional connection, but there is because we were all wired that way. And so oftentimes a man will feel like when a relationship ends, it's just over, I can move on. But some of these things, these signs that I've been describing will come to play for him as well. And even if it's not 
something that comes out in his emotions, sometimes it comes out physically. You know, it can be something like do you develop some kind of, of a rash or an allergy? Do you develop some kind of pinch nerve or pain? Is there stress in your life? Things that were not part of your normal bodily functioning before now start to manifest because you're holding all of that inside instead of letting it out. So, yeah, it's a lot to uh, to pay attention to, and I think people need to be careful and not assume that just because we have not been together in a while doesn't mean that you're not still going to have some rebound period. But like I said, it might be shorter and less emotional than somebody who just got slammed with divorce papers out of nowhere and never saw it come. I think that the latter is probably the worst of them all because they'll be on a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be, they really will be confused. That's the mm-hmm. person that's going to go through all of the phases of grieving because it's a loss. That just came out of nowhere, as opposed to the person who kind of gradually keeps stepping down, stepping down, stepping down until they're completely out of the situation in the first place. And so here's something else to watch out for. Now, this is another sign. It's the last sign that I'm going to give you, but it's something that you really ought to pay attention to and we probably don't, and that's inspect the person's home. You know, inspect because that will tell you a lot. So that you need to go to the home. And, I mean, it's not, when I say inspect, I'm not saying, see, I know <laughs> some of y'all got that little private eye thing going on and you feel like, okay, she just told me, she just gave me permission to go look through a brother's stuff. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Make that's sure that you go, <laughs> yeah, right. Make sure that you go to the home so you can see the condition of it. Because, now, granted, some people are just slobs and nasty anyway, but if you've seen, you know, if you go by, you need to see, is the house a mess? Because that might be an indication of whether or not their emotional state is a mess. So you need to see that. And then you also need to notice, is there a shrine? I mean, some people really it's like, no, you can't sit there because that was so-and-so's chair. No, you can't do that because that, you know what I mean? So it's like, are there pictures of the person still everywhere? Are there certain aspects of the house that they feel like you can't go in that room. Now, I know a lot of times that happens when someone dies. People are grieving so badly that, you know, they want to keep the person's room just as it was. I'm not talking about the case of death, though. I'm I'm talking about in a breakup, is there this, like, shrine to the individual or is there this just total chaos everywhere? Either one of those might be an indication that there's there's still a lot of, healing that needs to take place and that person still needs to be on the rebound. So you need to check out somebody's house. And, you know, for the brothers that are listening, that's just good advice anyway, especially for a brother. You need to check out a woman's house because a woman might come to you in the street and she might be clean from head to to toe, you know, hair done, nails done, outfit looking good, all of that. And her house might be just as nasty and sloppy and Roach infested and everything else. And and I've heard, again, when I was dealing with couples, I've heard stuff like that. So if you really want to know a person, you don't really get to know them until you've been to the house. And I'm not saying, particularly in this day and age where there are all kinds of crazies out there, I'm not encouraging you to bring someone to your home too soon. But at some point you need just a little indication of how do they take care of the house because that has a lot to say about their emotional state and how they take care of themselves. I'm so putting a word time. out there right now to all you brothers who want to know me. I got to <laughs> fix the rubber. 
I need some help. Just <laughs> that bring your tool belt, your tool kit. Come on. You know, watch HDTV. Come on over. Now, 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 it's different. You can have a fixer-upper. Because you can still, it can be clean. You know, so what? It needs a new coat of paint, but there's no dirt on the floor. You know, you can have a fixer-upper. That's okay. I have none of that going on. I need some help, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too funny. So here's another example. Let me read this one to you. I started dating a guy that I met online. The date was actually really great. I was definitely into him, and he showed every indication of being into me, the way he looked at me, the things he said, etc. At one point, he mentioned that he's really stressed right now because he just broke up with his girlfriend of 10 months a couple of weeks ago. I was really confused because I thought he really liked me. From the beginning of this, He's texted me almost immediately and held conversation. Now it's been two days and I've heard nothing from him. I really like this guy and feel there's a connection, but I'm afraid that if I pursue this, I'm going to end up being the rebound no matter what I do. Is there a way I can have a relationship with this guy without me becoming the rebound? Okay. There are a couple of things all wrapped up in here. First of all, if he just broke up with his girlfriend chances are you are the rebound. I mean, there's, there's just no way of getting around that because if he just broke up, he probably hasn't had a relationship in between the breakup and you, and if he was seeing somebody, it certainly wasn't for any long period of time. So, um, yeah, you're probably going to be the rebound if you decide to get to a relationship with this guy. But some of these other things in here, um, like saying I was really confused because I thought he really liked me. Well, the fact that he's talking about his girlfriend doesn't mean that he doesn't like you. They just broke up a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, he's probably feeling a little stressed by that. It doesn't mean he doesn't like you. He's just not over her yet. And the fact that, um, you know, he used to text you all the time and you haven't heard from him in two days, I mean, two days is not a long period of time. So it's almost making me wonder how needy is she you know, you just started talking to this guy because you haven't heard from him in two days. That's the problem. So both of y'all need to take a little bit of a break and do a little bit of work from what I'm reading here because he definitely is going to be on the rebound, and you seem to be a little confused and needy yourself. So you both probably need to do a little bit of work before he you He ain't even left relationship. the relationship. He's still in the old relationship. So mm-hmm. what's she talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They both mm-hmm. have some work to do. Yeah, he's still over there. That's why she ain't heard from him because he's still trying to see the end. <laughs> he cleaned it up, you see. Then you show uh-huh. people clean up their own mess. He over there cleaning up his own mess. <laughs> <laughs> he went back. That he flipped yep. that switch. And don't he men do that all switch. the time? You 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 said that early on in the you know in the conversation that men sometimes go back. Yeah. So yeah. he may, and I, I think both do. I mean, women do that too. Women, women will go back too. Um, when a woman is really fed up, though, there ain't nothing you can do about that. When a woman is really fed up, she has a tendency to be gone. But I think it takes longer for a woman to get to that point of really being fed up. And I'm about to make a big generalized statement here, and I know that. But many times a man will go back based on the sex. The sex was good. Or it's easier to go back there and get some than to start fresh someplace else and put in the time I have to put in before this new woman might have sex with me. So a lot of times when a man goes back, it's because of the sex. Now, women will do that as well. But with women, more often than the sex, 
the woman goes back because of that emotional thing because and, and she'll say, Well, I really love him. It's not so much that you love him, not saying that she doesn't, but it's not the I love him that's making you go back. It's the vulnerability. It's the the rejection. It's I don't want to be alone. Um, if you reject the relationship, what are you saying about me? So in order for me to feel good about myself, um, I need to, to reconnect with you and, and show you that I'm worthy of this love. So they both go back. They just go back for different reasons. Women go back for the sex. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, they do. They do. But I think more often than not. And, again, even with the sex, it's different. You know, I, men have sex more out of the physical need. Women do have sex out of a physical need, but there's an emotional thing with the women as well. And so that's why, and I'm not saying I condone this at all, but that's why so often you can hear a man say it didn't mean anything because there was no emotion tied to it whatsoever. He just had a physical need and there she was. Um, But women, on the other hand, oftentimes with... No, okay, don't choke on me now. I need you. Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> okay, women, I'm back. On the other back. Hand, it's, it's, and I'm not saying that women don't have physical sexual needs. Of course we do. But for women, a lot of what is behind the sex is the, the connection piece of it and the, the need to feel wanted and desirable and those kinds of things, which is why so much of the time after a woman has sex, you know, even when people just talk about being friends with benefits, it all it it would get to a place where it didn't always work out because over time that woman would be honest enough to say, yeah, I I really am feeling him, or I was hoping it would lead to something else because many times the sex just masks for a woman other things that she's looking for. She wants to feel good about herself. She wants to feel sexy and desirable, and having some man in her life will do that. And that's why so often a woman will hold on to a brother that's just totally mistreating her because to let go means, oh, now I'm alone. I don't have anybody. I'm rejected. And a lot of women don't want to face that. So, mm. so okay, well, I can see where we're almost out of time. My, my producer mm-hmm. is busy in the conversation. She's not giving me a oh, no, reminder. No, you, got, you, have, you have time. I was going to let you know, you know. But the thing that I, I you know, with I know. <laughs> um, like you said, the woman is more emotionally attached to the situation than the physical part of it. And you say generally women are usually more on the emotional side than the physical side. Now, what do you what do you recommend for um for people who are starting out in a new relationship and they stepped off on the left foot when they should have stepped off on the right foot? How do they turn it around? How do they put it back on track? That's a tough one. You you can't always do that. Um, but if you're going to attempt to do that, then again, you have to get very honest with yourself and come to grips with what's going on. It's like peeling the layers of, of an onion until you get to what's in the core. You just have to keep... Peel it. I mean, you can almost just keep asking yourself why. You know, why do I want to be with him? Because I love him. Why do you love him? Because he treats me well. What does he do that makes you feel like he treats you well? I mean, you just have to keep peeling back until you get to it. And at the root, many times for women, it comes back to a self-esteem, 
fulfillment kind of a thing. Many times women are either looking for dead or the opposite of dead. And so you just have to keep peeling back until you get there. So if you started out on the wrong track, you can stop the action and do the work that it takes to get to the root of why am I behaving the way I'm behaving and what is it that I'm really looking for? And you have to find alternative ways of getting that. So if you're if you keep peeling back and you find out that it's validation that I'm looking for, I was never validated by my dad, I need validation, then you've got to find other ways outside of that man and the relationship to get validation. And once you have validated yourself, and, of course, we know it doesn't happen with self, it's got to happen with Christ, but once you get to that validation point so that you don't need him to validate you, then you can either take that relationship and get back on track, but more than likely what you'll find is once you have validated yourself, that relationship is no longer going to be satisfying. You're going to now look for a more satisfying relationship because you're a different person, so your needs are now different. You know, lots of times women who run behind the bad boys run behind them for a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, again, you don't recognize this on a conscious level which is why it takes professionals to help you keep peeling back the layers. When you don't think you're worthy of a good relationship, either because um, you've never seen examples of it or because you don't think you're that attractive or you don't think you're smart or, you know, whatever the case might be. And, again, usually the women who protest the loudest, who talk about how they love themselves and, and you know, spend all kinds of money and stuff on them on themselves, those are the ones that many times overcompensating for what's really going on inside. But if you feel that you're not worthy of someone loving you or if you really feel like all men are dogs and all they're going to do is cheat on you, then you are attracting what you're saying. You know, there's there's something scriptural about call those things that are not as though they were. And so we tend to think of it as positives, like, well, I don't have a lot of money now, so I'm going to speak that into existence. And then we talk about it. Yeah, it works that way, but it works in reverse, too. It works in reverse so that if you keep saying, I'm broke, eventually you might be because you developed that mindset. If you keep saying, you know, all men cheat, then, yeah, you're going to keep attracting men who cheat because you have that mindset. So lots of times, I started out talking about women who run behind the bad boys, lots of times, if you don't believe you're worthy of something better, then you keep running behind somebody who's going to treat you on the level that you think you deserve, which is nothing better. And so then the woman spends all her time trying to make you love me, and it's fruitless. It's pointless because it's not going to happen. You can't make somebody love you. So, so you end up with that self-fulfilling prophecy. You get exactly what you expected, exactly what you spoke into existence, and, I mean, it's a known fact that whoever is least in love controls the relationship. If he doesn't care about you as much as you care about him, you spend all of your time trying to make him care more, and he's in control. He's pulling all the strings because he'll come to you like, like the example that I just read. The guy was there texting. Everything was fine. He got ghosts for two days, and she's tripping. Oh, I thought he liked me. I thought this. He's in control. <laughs> He's in control because all he did was disappear for a couple of days. So, yeah, this stuff goes deep. It goes very mm. deep, and people just don't realize how deep it goes. So let me just talk a few minutes before we end about um, 
And I know we didn't do some of the other songs, but let me talk about why some people actually like getting involved with someone who's on the rebound. So why would somebody perhaps choose to be a cleanup man or a cleanup woman? And I'll just give you a couple of things, but when someone is on the rebound, they're very open. So they, they talk a lot, they're engaging, they're vulnerable, and some people like that. Um, they share their feelings a lot. And so, again, there's some people who like that. They're very grateful. They're grateful that you want to be with me and spend time with me, and they express that gratitude. And so the person who likes being with someone on the rebound, they like being with someone that's open and shares their feelings and is very grateful, and it makes that person feel needed. So often there are people who need to be the rescuer. And so what they zero in on women, that's usually the way it works, who are vulnerable because now I can slide in and I look like the knight in shining armor because I'm I'm providing you with all the things you need and what I'm getting in return is someone who's dependent on me, someone who needs me. And that's one of the reasons why when that woman then gets strong on her own and she no longer needs all those things from him, the relationship dies out because he's not feeling as needed as he once did. He's not feeling as valuable to her as he once did. And so now he's got to go find somebody else to rescue. Interesting stuff, this rebound man, rebound woman. Yes, it is. It's it's pretty deep and it's pretty... It's pretty deep because I met that man before. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, you know, honestly, I think everybody who's ever been in a relationship, if you've ever really deeply cared for someone, you have been on the rebound. Whether you were dumped or you were the dumper, some good relationship ended and, and you've been on the rebound. And so, yeah, I, I've met a couple of people, I think, who, um, you can tell them. Once you get better at it, you can tell. It's like, well, there's somebody who's a rescuer. Somebody who just wants to go all out of their way to take care of you is somebody who needs to be needed, and that's mm-hmm. going to be trouble because when you don't need them, they're going to have an issue. So the more we get into relationships with people and we come out of them without doing the healing that we need to do after every breakup we really are just carrying a lot of baggage from one relationship to the next so that almost to the point of where every relationship can have the potential of being a rebound relationship. You know, being on the rebound is inevitable for all of us at some point in time. But if you decide to take on someone that's in that rebound state, then you need to be clear on where that person stands and how far you can get with them. Getting over someone you love isn't easy. And if they're heartbroken, Admitting it won't come easy, let alone opening up to let another person who might do the same thing to them. So people are going to put walls up, and you have to decide, am I going to take the time and the energy to try to tear that wall down? Um, am I, do I have a wall of my own? Am I going to do my own work, or am I just going to go look for somebody who maybe hasn't built a wall quite so high? But relationships... Um, take a lot of work, and um, when you don't do them well, there are repercussions not just to you but to the other person, and it can even be to many generations that come behind because everybody is impacted by the baggage that we create 
when we don't take relationships to heart the way that we should. So um, any last thoughts you have before I kind of close this out? It's been my pleasure having you chat with me about this uh, rebound stuff. Any any thoughts you want to leave? Uh, no, I happen to be an expert on rebound. Not me... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really enjoyed, you know, having the opportunity to sit at the microphone with you and not behind the scenes and really experience your expertise in these particular situations. And it helped me really understand some things, too, because I happen to be, you know, a woman who, who has to encounter people. So at least this way I know how to to to, to spot some, some issues and situations before I step into it because I don't want to step in crap anymore. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, none of us gets through this life on our own. We all learn, and it's all up to us to pass along some of what we've learned to other people to prevent them from making some of the same mistakes that we've made. So I'm grateful to you for the opportunity to let me have my little house in your subdivision so that I can uh, do relationship remedies every month. Um, I enjoy it. I hope the things that we say are helpful and beneficial to people. And so, you know, it's my desire to strengthen families by prescribing remedies for your relationship challenges. And I just thank everyone who's listening for allowing me to speak into your life. Have a blessed evening. Thank you. Goodbye. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.